Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. It's John Massingale in the studio with Jonathan Green in Austin, Texas. Mr. Varsha is not joining us tonight. We have a fun show. Lots to talk about. Um, probably the bulk of it, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. It's and been it, a while since I've done a Sunday night show. Where have you been, buddy? I've been on the road again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk a little Formula One. We're going to talk a little MotoGP, a little bit of everything tonight. Yeah. But I do want to start with the 24 Hours of Le Mans because I did get to, I probably had it, as usual, had it on in the background for probably six, seven, eight hours, maybe. And I was working on the working on the car a little bit with my son, hanging out, but I got to watch a good bit I, of it. I actually borrowed your anorak for, for part of it because I went to YouTube, as you've often recommended me to do, and I sat on board uh, for the start of the, the 24 hours race with the pole uh, Ferrari and watched the whole, they've got like three cameras on, on the car and it was kind of cool watching him get revved up and That's you know, cool. seeing what yeah. happened in the first few laps just from onboard only, you know, and I really enjoyed it. Kind of like F1 TV Pro. Correct. Uh, well, well, that is the story, isn't it? Uh, Ferrari coming back. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I, I was pretty excited. I'm not some huge Ferrari fan, but I was pretty excited about that. Oh, come on! I mean, you know, uh, what is it since 1965? Yeah, I, I think mean, that's you what know, it was. The, uh, when they came out with this car, and I, I, you know, I always kind of go, ah, oh, really, another sports car, another hypercar. You know, I kind of with Toyota's dominance of the last, you know, ten years or so, I've kind of fallen asleep a little bit on that. And when I yeah. looked at the prospect of Toyota's final. You know, 100th Le Mans and six in a row. And I was like, you know, and after the bad luck they had um, at Le Mans all those years ago, but when they started, they, oh, well, exactly, that yeah. when they almost won it. And, and since then, they've been pretty metronomic in winning it. And when the Japanese are onto a good thing, they're onto a good thing. And I thought this was going to be a snooze fest. <laughs> Far from. Yeah. Well, speaking of snooze fest, I mean, Let's not forget, Toyota didn't have manufacturer competition no. since 2017. That, that's Porsche kind of why out. it was a bit of a snooze fest uh, yeah. at the highest level. Because, you, you know, whether you like it or not, you watch Le Mans, but the, the winner of the race is the winner of the race. I know there are different classes. And, yes, you can get excited about your mate in, uh, you know, Alan yeah. 
GT2 or whatever. And of course, we had lots of American interest this year as well. Yeah. Menezes going good again. We had that uh, NASCAR entry, which was interesting. Yeah, um, very cool. And I, I did see some videos. I watched those Marshall Pro videos you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and so there was a lot for American fans to get excited about. Um, you know, Glickenhaus as well. You know, lots of good stories. Um, but you really tune in to see who wins Le Mans. Uh, and up until this year, it was kind of like you know, fait accompli, that it, <laughs> to use some French, okay. uh, fait accompli, nice. my Duolingo going well, um, that it would be uh, another Toyota win. But it, did, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, and did you see the Toyota team afterwards? I mean, they were, to me, what was going through their head was, it's like, this would be the perfect time to redeem themselves, right? There's been no competition. They've been pr- racing against, you know, privateers. You know, a private teams racing against nah, the, possible. the largest manufacturer on the planet? Yeah. Impossible, right? And, you know, Ferrari just comes in and just steals the show. Well, and, and the fact that, that, first of all, look at Ferrari's history in the event. You know, you only have to look at the film Ford versus Ferrari to see what it means to them and what it meant to Enzo Ferrari and how they haven't dipped a toe into the highest level uh, of uh, Le Mans for the simple reason that they didn't have a car. And this is a car that they developed in a year. Yeah. So, again, you know, you're talking, I mean, you really could do another movie on, you know, Toyota versus Ferrari. But, you know, I mean, in terms of the achievement in a year, uh, yes, of course, Ferrari are very competitive. And I said to you just before we came in, you know, this is not going to do Ferrari and fans of Ferrari and Italian motorsport fans any harm when it comes to Formula One because they've had their noses rubbed in it. And we, you know, like everybody else, have been rubbing rubbing their noses in it for not achieving what is expected of Ferrari, which is to win. And to win the greatest race of all, the hardest race of all, and to do it in a year and to beat Toyota at the top of their game, um, you know, this this will go down in history not just as the 100th, but as being... An amazing achievement by Ferrari, and you know, I, you know, Charles Leclerc was there all uh, yeah. apparently for the whole entire race. And I was thinking, wasn't he, wasn't he telling him when to pit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what uh, tires to wear? Well, uh, the, the thing that crossed my <laughs> mind is it, like you're saying, is it good for the F1 team, or does it have some negative too? You could you could kind of spin it both ways. It's like, hey guys, you know, we're we're one here at Le Mans, we've got everything right, and we want. I say everything right. There was the last pit stop thing where they had to reboot the car again, mm. but they got going. But the point is, is that is it could there be a negative to the F one team? You know, with them winning. Uh, yeah, exactly. It depends how you look at it. Um, yeah. Yes, there's going to be a few. There's going to be a few uh, pats on the back come Monday at Maranello, but there's also going to be a like, okay, guys, the the gauntlet is down. Our sports car team are kings of the world, and for the next year and a half, if not two years, you're going to hear about. Ferrari's achievements at Le Mans, and that is going to wipe away any hopes you've got of, of of achieving what we really want, which is to win in Formula One. And that actually is the goal. They love winning Le Mans, uh, and they will milk it. They'll market it. They'll put all their sponsors out there in this car, which is so beautiful. Um, you know, I hope will continue to go on like the 488 um, did and dominate its class uh, for many years to come. And we've seen that. Now, can they do it out there? Yeah. yeah. And can we still, you know, can they continue it? You know, I'm just thinking about this, the way it could affect the team is that I I think it, you know, it it could just bring some confidence to the brand, which could leak over. I think that's kind of what you were thinking, you know? I I really do think, I know it seems a little churlish to kind of say, oh, you know, it's going to all, it's all going to help the Formula One team. But 
listen, psychology in any business, you know, if, if, if you've got one side of yep. the factory winning, it's going to bolster the other side of the factory. People are talking about Ferrari in a positive light, and that doesn't happen as much as it should in Formula One. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking if I had to choose it, I would think it'd probably be have a little bit of a positive effect because it's such a big deal, mm-hmm. such a big deal coming back and winning like this. So. Well, look, there's plenty going on. We talked about Toyota. I, I do have to mention, did you hear Anthony Davidson? <laughs> they were talking about something about was the last lap, and there's like, and for all a Ferrari has to do is come across the finish line. Anthony Davidson said, uh, excuse me. Yeah. It doesn't been always there. happen. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they were at, they had a minute and a half lead or whatever. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. God, how it many feet was happen. it? Two or three hundred feet yeah. from the finish line? Uh, you know, and and and, and what was it? Uh, One point sixteen seconds in the last hour. So you know, you never yeah. say never. I did think. I, I do think. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm reading between the lines, I think the reason Toyota had the failures that they had and the crashes they had were that they weren't as fast as the Ferrari, and they admitted it. But they therefore pushed the Toyota further than it's ever been pushed at Le Mans, and that just led to overdrive. Not overdriving, but you know, it's inevitable when you're trying to catch a faster car at Le Mans yeah. uh, over a period of hours. Um, mistakes are going to happen. And so I think they got beaten, and unfortunately, by by a faster car. And that is something yeah. they've not had to rival with um, in the last six years. Yeah, not since 2017 when Porsche left. This was the 10th victory Ferrari, and only Porsche and Audi have won more at Le Mans mm-hmm. in, the, in the top class like that. So, yeah, it was it was very fun to see. And, um, and you know, heartbreaking for Toyota, but that's the way the – Cookie crumbles, guys. So Cadillac. can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. yeah cat, that's okay. Carry on. Cadillac third and fourth, man. That's great, fantastic. great result. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, with the uh, association with Cadillac, uh, yeah. with Andretti, um, I know it's going to be a badge car if they do it, or a badge drivetrain. Um, but who's to say that Cadillac's development of this powertrain that they're doing here can't lead them, you know, in their R and D department? Uh, if Andretti gets what he wants, um, to start working on a Formula One engine. They've already said that it won't be, you know, a, a GM engine straight from the start anyway. Yeah. Um, so which we all knew. But. Which we all knew. Um, but, you know, again, uh, Cadillac racing at the highest level. Um, yep. I mean, I'm not being funny, but 20 years ago, could you have seen Cadillac in IMSA or even Cadillac at Le Mans? No. Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure, 25. I'm trying to think when the CTSV program came in. But but yes, I know exactly what you mean. And look, they're competing with Ferrari. I mean, Cadillac was, I know, at least as high as second. And maybe overnight, they may have been leading the race. They probably did at some point because mm-hmm. they were very competitive the whole weekend. And with two cars yeah, at third and fourth, that's, you know, I know, you know, I was reading the headlines and they were all, uh, Westbrook, the team boss, was like, you know, we're disappointed finishing third. But, you know... <laughs> that, that 24 that's hour race, that's right it's 24 hour race anything can happen because there was a bunch of attrition in some of the other classes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. probably the next big story for me was corvette corvette race i know uh, that was cool that was cool that is probably the last time i took a selfie was when corvette racing brought the c8 back and they brought it here to austin mm-hmm. brought it to Dakota. you and i did the commentary yeah but i walked through the garages the night before and I saw that Corvette sitting in the garage and had to stop and take a selfie with the C8 because it was brand new then. Um, but that was really exciting to see them win with uh, our buddy Ben Keating from Houston. Yeah, and also, you know, what a history Corvette have had in that event, you forget. And I didn't realize until I read the report 
uh, after the race, how many hurdles they had to climb over to get to the race. Yeah. Like on Wednesday, they crashed the car. Yep. They took the back end of the car off and they had nowhere to go. And, and literally, were it not for a miraculous qualifying on Thursday night, they would have been out uh, yeah. potentially of the race itself. Yeah. And a good comment from Jules David on YouTube. He says, what's up with the end of the factory-backed Corvette racing team? I mean, that, I mean, Corvette has been, I was at a barbecue the other day and somebody, we're talking about Lamar and somebody said, I said, oh, is, you know, they were talking about the Garage 56 and they said, well, is this first time Chevrolet's ever raced at Le Mans? I was like, no, no. Corvette has a deep history. Yeah, I know, I mean, because won- Corvette is such a distinct uh, brand on its own, people forget that it's part of that. So, it, 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 you know, you don't, I mean, I know Americans it always do, and you as a gearhead would always say Chevrolet Corvette, but I think the outside world looks at Corvette as a, manufacturer almost. Funny you should say that because I have a theory for you, Jules, David Jules, Jules David, is that uh, this is kind of a joke. Is he a hybrid? But you know, the Corvette <laughs> Corvette is about to to uh, put out a an SUV and it's going to be a Corvette SUV. It's kind of, you know, it's almost like they're- What you talking about with <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A uh, Corvette SUV? Yeah, but and the, the Open renderings- Open top? The renderings <laughs> For the kiddies seen, to go like this, like they're on a roller yeah, coaster? The renderings just look like a, a Corvette, just a little bit higher off the ground. Who did it, back. Dolly? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the answer is, that's where the money's going. They're no longer going to back a factory racing team. They're starting an SUV program. Are they, uh, so is of, that the end, though, of Corvette's racing program, well, full stop? Apparently for now, and I obviously I don't know the, the long term, and I really haven't dug into this. Haven't had because time to... the, the way I read it, the, the C8 is done too, right? The C8 is what? Well, done from racing, mm-hmm. or, or they're not going to develop it any further. Uh, no, it's certainly not done from racing, but okay. I, don't, I don't know what the development progress is going to look like, but it's not done from racing for sure. Okay. I mean, and look, there's, there's a, a huge history for Corvette coming up. We're going to have... A, uh, a a hybrid thousand horsepower version of the Corvette. It's going to be amazing. So it's going to be fun to watch Corvette as a brand. But yeah, well, we, we're going to celebrate uh, at Monterey. They're going to celebrate uh, Corvette seventy years. Uh, oh, that's cool, and that's very cool. Um, so looking forward to that, and I will get the answers to all my questions. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more Le Mans. We'll talk Garage Fifty Six quite a bit because there's some. That was a very cool story. Listen to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, this is Kurt Busch. You're listening to Speed City Radio. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Ah, Kurt Busch bringing us back. Hey, I forgot about that. That was when Kurt was here in Austin driving a NASCAR on Coda many years before it ever came to Coda. I think that was like 2013. That was when the Aussie guys were here, yeah? Yep, that was the Aussie V8 weekend. I think it was 2013. So 10 years ago, that was from... I was just going to look at some of the other before we get to Garage 56. Some of the other finishing... You know, uh, Glickenhaus, who's been with this hypercar series competing against Toyota all these few years. Um, they did good. They finished sixth and seventh. And uh, Porsche Penske, yeah, they had Kevin Estry, Andre Lauder and gang. Um, but yeah, and LMP2, did you see? <laughs> I, I have to talk about Costa, who was driving the winning LMP2 car because they showed him after the race and he was... Um, he was just completely giddy because uh-huh. they had won the race. But but that's only half the story because he was so giddy. But you could tell, you know how these guys, they go without sleep. Yeah. Right? So their emotions are just completely oh, out of I, whack. Oh, and I've done it. So so he goes from being completely giddy on camera, and as the camera fades away, he starts crying. Yeah. And it's like, but that just shows the the level of what this race means to these it guys. It messes with your head. Yeah. It really does. Um, lack of sleep, lack of, a, you know, the emotion, the highs and lows of the emotion and like I said, I, I I've been through it because uh, my my good buddy Steve Martin won the 24 Hours of Le Mans uh, on a motorcycle, which is even oh, <laughs> think about that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, and I was there they with him the whole. They duct tape you on, so when you fall asleep, you just keep going. Ah, oh, it's nuts. I said to him, well, you know, what's one of the problems out there? Because they're all doing burnouts. He said the smell of rubber. 
is really hard on you because it stinks and it's hard to breathe <laughs> because they're doing burnouts till two in the morning and burning, you know, burning old tires on that's, their bonfires. That's crazy. Uh, let's talk Garage 56. Let's do it. So the NASCAR effort, I mean, they've been working on this for a long time, right? Yeah. Let, let, before we go into what a great achievement, why did they decide to do this? Um, I don't know if I ever heard someone say this one reason, but I think it kind of feels like the new NASCAR is what it feels like to me. It's like, well, you know, it's like all, all of these motorsports now are, are, are being a little more open about mm, it. Right. I agree. Like, like Formula One was retweeting that Leclerc was there. Yeah. And you know, it used to be, you would never see mention of another series by, by Formula One, especially but by any of them. But and as hoity-toity Europeans would have snubbed their noses up at the idea of their world champion. Yeah. Brilliant. Getting in a, brilliant. Getting in a NASCAR. Well, that's exactly what Jensen Button did. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's now done, what, two NASCAR races? Yep. He's living in L.A. Uh, I want him to come to Trans Am. Jensen, if you're listening, <laughs> come to Trans Am. And if, by the way, if you want to, now that there's these new shows in town, some guy called Ricardo thinks he's funny, come and join us, Jensen. We'd have you. <laughs> Yeah, come and join the show, buddy. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a great effort. And and thinking about other reasons they might do it, I don't know. But um, think about the possibilities. You know, they're they're already doing a bunch more road courses, right? Yep. So now they've got a bunch of of research and development done for the cars. Maybe the setups might start changing because changing because you know they the lap times they run here at Coda are are not they they're not that impressive to be honest. So maybe they might get better at it on the road courses with the research and development they've done. Well, uh, one of the things I read, which uh, you'll, you'll go into the, the details, but roughly four Coca-Cola 600s is what they achieved yeah. at Le Mans, which, yeah. you know, that, that gives you a way of quantifying it uh, that, that NASCAR fans can understand and any American fan can understand. You know, the, 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 the Coca-Cola 600 is the big one, same day as you know, yep. uh, Monaco on the same day as uh, the 500. But to, a, to to do roughly four in a row just shows you how mighty that V8 Chevrolet engine is. Yeah. Well, I did read about, or maybe it was one of Marshall Pruitt's YouTube videos for racer.com about the uh, the engine, what they did. They lowered the revs. Yep. And they, you know, it's still a two-valve push rod, 350 cubic, eight cubic inch motor, basic you know, cup, cup car engine. What do you reckon the horsepower putting out was? Um, for this weekend, you know, they start at 900, but they also lowered the RPMs from 9,000 yeah, down. trying to, to make it last 24 so, hours. So, you know, yeah. it was probably six something was what I I think they said. You know, they never said, I know what it was. They said it was between 500 and 1,000. So, <laughs> so that was the yeah, only yeah. Cue, clue they gave. So, well, but did you six, get it? Seven, did you clock it at a top speed anywhere? Or uh, I didn't. I never saw it, but I did see it. In fact, Kevin Kelly, who's watching on YouTube, tweeted at us a hilarious video. Somebody took the Camaro passing a Ferrari and played the Leonard Skinner song. Yeah. I forgot which one it was. And they said, S make this the national anthem, because it was pretty cool to see a Camaro passing a Ferrari at Le Mans. Uh, that the, was, yeah? That was yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Muscle so. cars arrive at Le Mans. But, you know, it's it's a... You know, you think of, the neighborhood. of an LSV8 and what an amazing engine that is. It's been, you know, swapped into everything, souped up to two, 3,000 horsepower. But that's kind of what it is. It's an iron block, aluminum head, Chevy V8, you know, push rod. So, um, you know, in fact, I wrote down it. Half a cup season is what this was. Yeah, there you go. Half a cup yeah, season in 24 hours. Half a cup hours. season, yeah. 
You know, and they used, and the guy that was being interviewed, he said they used all the knowledge that GM got from DPI, Corvette Racing, Cadillac LMDH from, you yep. know, from years past. I mean, DPI. So, and he said the long block wasn't changed much. Um, they used, they said the cup car uses a restrictor, which they removed, mm. but they lowered the RPMs. So, and they did that to reduce the load on the valve train to keep, to get the reliability. I mean, one of those hours. Pruitt, um, videos they open the, the hood and, and show you it and you can see how low the engine low itself and is back yeah way back like you know almost on top of beside the driver's knees almost mm -hmm. but uh yeah somebody said it sounded like a thundering alarm clock every four minutes as the as the camaro came around the track well, that's one of the delights of actually being at le mans is that you you get to a point where i wouldn't say you're bored but you've you've kind of been there done that taken the photograph got the autograph you know, after about sample the wine, hour, sample the, after fifteen yeah, hours. After about fifteen hours. So the game is that's the, the oh, that's the Peugeot. Yep. Okay. Uh no. Yeah. That's the ah, that's the leading Porsche. And so you get to know the the, the signal sounds of where they're changing gear and so on and so forth. Um and uh yeah, so I would have thought that would have been quite a quite, ah the, there goes the Chevrolet. Well, you know that you, you, there's nothing out there that sounded like it. So oh, God, that no. was that was probably, you know. One of the greatest things for people to, and you know, it's like going back to why you ask, it's great for NASCAR, right? To yeah. get out there and, and, uh, you know, maybe change a few misconceptions or stereotypes or whatever. So, you know, it's like, and, and this was just a first effort at this and who knows what could come of it. Yeah. I, I really do think, and, and, and now I've lived here as long as I have, I, I really do think that, uh, the rest of the world has a scood view of American racing because of NASCAR's popularity and because it's a stock car. Uh, and then only when you understand the history of why and the ovals and so on, do you kind of, you know, the, a light goes off and you go, Oh, okay. Um, because it seems so basic an unsophisticated uh, at first look uh, from the rest of the world that you kind of poo-poo it if you're from Europe or you're part of a, you know, South American racing legacy or, you know, Australia or whatever. It, 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 even the V8s in, in Australia, the supercars, you know, yeah. has a sort of uh, sophistication about it that NASCAR has never been able to get over that. And I think this is just another reason. You bring Jimmy Johnson, you bring Jensen Button, you put them together, you get Mike Rockefeller, yep. one of the greatest sports car drivers America's ever produced. And, you know, I mean, the backup driver is Jordan Taylor, for God's sake. I mean, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin Kelly said Freebird. That's what it was. Of course, of course it was Freebird. Of course it was Freebird. Sorry. How could I have not remembered that one? <laughs> Don't quit your day job, Johnny. Okay, well. Uh, yeah, but that was very cool. And, um, and I'm glad they did that. And, and, you know, I, I do want to talk about real quick about the history of the garage 56. You know, it's this, you know, what do they call it? Um, experimental, right? And you remember the first time they did this, the Delta wing, the Nissan, ah. remember the one that was shaped like a triangle. Oh, I remember it. Well, it Catherine looked, leg drove it. Yeah, yeah. It looked like three wheels, but it actually had two center wheels. They did two versions of that. And the second one I think was a hybrid. The first one was who was that we had a Delta driver on the show. Once. Yeah, we did. We had him back in the day, but, yeah. but that's, that was kind of the beginning and they've had, um, what was it? They had a hydrogen powered one, one year, which I love this idea, right? You yeah. know, why not? Let's get experimental with one, at least one car and, and, what better way to do it this year with, than with the NASCAR? So uh, what else from, from Lamar? I had a couple. Oh, uh, somebody got their foot run over by the Corvette. Who was it? Was it Fabio? I think that's who that was. But um, 
Uh, did you hear that somebody, uh, one of the commentators, when the NASCAR went around, he goes, le boogity, le boogity, boogity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I hate to say it, but that would have been exactly what I would have done too. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that does sound like you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I would have got exactly that reaction from Casey, as I always do. Uh, and, you know, the Camaro was pretty high up in the, in the, in the, uh, le boogity, boogity, le, boogity, le boogity, yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Um, who else was it? Oh, there was a good... And by the way, Chevrolet... Yes. Frenchman. Yes, that's true. 19... Louis Chevrolet. Come on. That's true. That's... And uh, talk about bringing it right up to date. Simon Pagino, the first man since Louis Chevrolet to win the Indy 500. Oh, Do you remember right. that? That's right. That's why we dug that stat up. Yeah. That's exactly what that was. It was, by the way, it was a ninth win for Chevrolet, for Corvette. Ninth class win. That's incredible. That, yeah. I love it that Ben Keating was at the wheel of that, too. I did email him, but... I, I he's no spring chicken either. That's really pleased for I know. Him. He's yeah. got to be in his early 50s. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Didn't I, he say, I'll retire when I get slower? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, he was already talking about next year. He was good already... Good for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. All right, well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we have a young driver going to join us. And uh, his name is Aiden Kenny. I want to keep wanting to call him Kelly. Aiden Kenny's going to join us here in just a couple minutes. Listen to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely... No, uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special? The water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstart beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday Night with Speed City. Our next segment is going to be with a guest. We have a young driver. He is Aiden Kenny, and he's currently racing in the Porsche Sprint Challenge North America in the 992 GT3 Cup Pro-Am as a Porsche junior driver. He sits second in the championship currently. Cool. Aiden, welcome to Speed City, buddy. Hey guys, thank you for having me. Well, how are you today? Uh, what's going on in the Porsche Cup and the North? The, the full the full title is the Porsche Sprint Challenge North America nine nine two GT three car. That's a pretty serious race car. Yeah, it's a definitely a big step up from last year in the uh, the Cayman the GT four, but uh, definitely a very fun car to drive. And I don't know if I ever want to drive the GT four again. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Now I'm always interested, Aiden, um, because I. It's, I've been watching this transition to Porsche racing, not actually here in the States as much, but um, tell me how you got, so tell me how you started your career and how you ended up in, in, in a Porsche. So I originally started karting at the age of 13. So a little older than most of my uh, competitors. Mm -hmm. um, eventually I moved up to cars. Uh, I started racing in WRL in um, a Porsche GT4 in the GTO class with uh, W2W Racing. Uh, after that, I did a few races with them, uh, won the inaugural 24 Hours of Sebring. And the next season, we moved up to Porsche Sprint Challenge in the GT4 class. Um, I found great success there, won, I believe, over half the races um, and ended up winning the championship. Uh, so this year, we moved up to the 992 class with ACI Motorsports. And so far, things are going great, uh, sitting second in the championship. And how old are you now? 
I'm 18. You know, the reason I ask that question is is that the, the reason I have observed this is because I do a lot of single-seater racing in New Zealand. And amazingly, people like Callum Hedge, who is uh, currently leading the American FR Championship single-seaters again, is has been whisked off to Australia with Earl Bamba's team to do Porsche Carrera Cup Australia. And he's not the first, and there are many others. And I'm seeing this transition. Chloe Chambers also races in your series in the in the Cayman side as well. And she's a single-seater girl that's gone, you know, into Porsches. So what I'm getting at is I'm seeing a lot of people, like you said, not necessarily making the jump from carts uh, to Porsche, which is a huge jump, but being able to use the rudiments of karting and put them into a very, very expensive sports car and come up winning, or at least come up successfully, as you're doing at 18. Did it surprise you, that transition, or not? I mean, it was a very big transition to begin with, um, going from carts to cars in the first place. Like, there's a lot of different things to learn. Um, the racecraft is definitely pretty similar, uh, but at the same time, driving a cart versus a 500-horsepower car is it's very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, um, I mean, overall, the transition has been great. Um, I mean, I found some pretty decent success in the Porsche. They have a great ladder system built yeah. up so um, that I can continue to race with them as a junior driver right now. So, um, I mean, they have a great ladder to to keep me going in my, uh, my career. Hey, I know what to ask you. Obviously, it all, you know, there's so much about money and sponsors and all the other things that you have to do to, to do to give to succeed in motorsports who are your sponsors and give them a shout out yeah right now uh, i'd like to give a shout out to uh, feltrum group along with odad consulting and then uh, go motorsport management they really helped me out a lot uh with everything going on along with uh, brm chronographs oh nice yeah good good company to be involved in. i wonder if that's the same watch company that had the watches spilled all over the <laughs> <laughs> did you watch them all <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I didn't. I saw highlights here and there. I didn't actually watch it completely. I mean, it's a long race to watch, but I had some some other things going on. So, what do you? How do you manage being the age you've been growing up in motorsport? How do you manage school and life and everything else? Yeah, so I just graduated high school uh, two weeks ago. Um, my school was actually pretty supportive of me. Um, whenever I had to miss school for whatever reason, um, I mean, they just made sure I got all my work done, kept my grades up and they supported me throughout the whole, whole journey. Um, didn't struggle to get a prom date going, going, I'm a Porsche driver. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, he giggled a little too hard. Yeah, too hard there. Yeah. (laughs) Carry on. Ignore me. I'm just trying to be Um, funny and it's not working. (laughs) Uh, right now I'm not planning on going to college yet. I want to continue my motorsport career and uh, see what I can get going there. Well, what's the goal? Where do you want to end up? Uh, I'd like to be factory driver for Porsche. I mean, that's the dream for everyone. But um, ultimately, just be driving a sports car in IMSA or over in WEC. Um, Just anything, a supportive uh, role as a driver for sure. Well, you're certainly in the right place. And there's no question, as you said, uh, being a part of the Porsche family um, is, especially at your age, um, is huge. I once knew um, a Carrera Cup Asia champion who was 18, who just won the GT championship in um, his name. I forget for now, but 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 it, it did him so much good to leave the UK and then go over to Asia and, and you know, play his 
his his uh, work over there, uh, and he won the Carrera Cup Asia. And the same story goes with Bamba as well, um, as we all know. Uh, a fantastic story about his rise, um, you know, to the top of, and, and he was at Le Mans today. Just to, to explain to our audience, because we all see Porsches on the roads every day, uh, and you mentioned Cayman, and you, you mentioned the 992, just give me an idea, and also where the Sprint Challenge fits into, I mentioned Carrera Cup, but so, okay, you've jumped from kart straight into this challenge series. What is the natural next step for you if you want to go down this route? Yeah, so next up for me would be uh, Career Cup North America next year. Yeah. It's uh, still in a 992, but uh, yeah, Career Cup would be the next step for me. Yeah, we so, covered that at M Miami. Yeah, so when do they step up to the, what is it, the RSR, which is the mid-engine 911, which you... You don't even think of that, but it's actually, you know, it's a race car. So it's not really, a, it has very little to do with the road going 911s, unlike what Aiden's driving. But do you know when do you step up to those, Aiden? Uh, I believe the RSR is mainly used in Europe. Um, I don't really know of any series that are using it in the U.S. right now. They use the GT3R. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I believe it's uh, most of the WEC championships. Mm, that's a fascinating car. I, when I first heard about that, my son's was doing some mechanicing on the actual, the 992 GT3 car. I got to see one of those up close and personal as, it, as they pulled it off the trailer and pulled the plastic off that sucker a couple of years ago, right when they first hit, but that was a cool car. So, um, all right, well, so what about the rest of this year? Uh, what's your schedule like? And uh, you said you're second in the championship right now? Yeah, I'm second right now. Uh, still within 10 points of first place, I believe. So not far off at That's all. That's close. Um, Right now, I have some testing lined up next week. I leave on Tuesday. Uh, we're not even halfway through the season yet, so there's still four rounds to go, eight races. So there's a lot of ground to be made up. Um, I mean, just keep chasing the the overall lead and see where that gets me. I mean, you know, keep putting in the work. Uh, you know, you mentioned the fact that you graduated uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's going to be a weight off your mind that you really can now. Concert, you know, you're not trying to do two things at the same time. Um, you are, you could now be considered a semi-professional racing driver, and that's what you're trying to do. Um, and yeah, college or not college, that's up to you, and it can come, you know, at 22 Later. or yeah, 30. It doesn't exactly. matter. Um, and it might even work to do together in com in com in combine. Um. You thinking? What do you think and go to college if you do like engineering or something? Uh, definitely something with motorsports or uh, physical fitness. Uh, mm -hmm. I really like. Uh, I mean, I'm really into the gym and fitness and stuff like that. So something along that lines. But um, even like a driver, uh, physical fitness person, um, that would definitely be something I'm interested in as well. Hey, you said you go in testing. What do you What do you test? Are you able to test in the 992 on the in the in the GT3 Cup car? Yeah, so I'm going to Mid-Ohio on Tuesday. Uh, we have our race in two weeks with IndyCar, actually. Um, so we're able to test the 992. Uh, we'll be doing that. I have a two-day test next week. Mm. How much sim work do you do? I'm on the sim almost every day, really. Um, whether it's just trying to get a new track. I haven't been to Mid-Ohio before, so um, I mean, I definitely have to learn that track and get to terms with it or even perfecting my racecraft on the sim. Um, that definitely helps a lot. There's a lot of people on the sim who are uh, a little inexperienced, so it kind of helps with uh, predictability. Um, yeah. And just trying out some different things with the 
people I'm not used to racing. So what does, what, that, what does a sim mean to you? I mean, a sim can be a PC with a decent graphics card and it's, you know, and a Fanatec wheel. What does it mean to you? What, what, is it something you have at home? What's your rig? Yeah, what's your rig, man? Yeah, um, so my rig is is definitely not a, um, a Fanatec wheel with just some pedals and a cardboard box or whatever. Um, I do have a pretty good sim with a 49-inch monitor, so everything's pretty sturdy for me. I don't have to worry about, uh, uh, you know, pressing the brake too hard and falling out of my seat. Well, if you've so, still got yeah, the Fanatec wheel on the piece of cardboard, I'll take it because I've got the computer, but <laughs> no, he, I just haven't he, got he the sim He gave that yet. to Connor Daly. I've seen him using oh, it. Ah, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aiden, so, all right, I, Jonathan, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, flex my chops here. What what GPU do you have? Mm. 2080, 3080, RTX, GTX? I believe it's a 2080. Uh, I actually just recently upgraded uh, three months ago. I upgraded from my old sim. Um, so all the graphics are nice, running well. Um, can't really ask for a better sim. It, do you use, um, like, what platform? Like, you know, there's iRacing and others. What do you use? I use iRacing. Um, yeah. I find it's the easiest to use really for any car, any track, and then it's just very user friendly as well. Yeah, I I, I use the same. Uh, <laughs> I use the same, and I can I can actually on my I've got a I've got two forty nine inch monitors, and I I, look, I I while I'm going down the malls on I I look at my emails. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean you're like Max Verstappen and you listen to the it. phone ringing in the background? I did actually want to segue to Formula One. I was wondering, Aiden, do you follow other motorsport and what? And do you follow Formula One? Uh, I used to follow Formula One a pretty good bit. Um, I was still try trying to go up the, the single-seater ladder, uh, try and do some of that. But ultimately, sports cars was where I found my love. Um, so I don't watch Formula One as much anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, He's on the sim. I mean, I, I'll, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'll keep up to date with it, but uh, I won't usually watch every single race or anything like that. Um, but looking at the the sports car stuff is definitely something I like a lot more. Well, Aiden, Kenny, we really appreciate you taking some time out and we're going to be watching you see how you do this season. And uh, depending on how you do, we'll get you back. No, I'm just kidding. We'll bring you back on the show and we'll watch your career and, uh, and best of luck, best of luck to you, and uh, we'll talk to you in the future. Hey, thank you for taking the time out of your, your broadcast, guys. Yeah, hey, much. and listen, Aiden, in seriousness, uh, best of luck. We'll keep an eye on you. Uh, why don't you throw out your social for people yeah. to follow you? But also, when you do win uh, the Sprint Challenge or Sprint Cup, uh, and you do get uh, two times, I want you to come on. I want you to come on when you've won this this year, if you win, uh, and, and even if it if you don't, come on. But then when you finally do get to the Porsche Carrera Cup, North America, we will be commentating on your race at Miami next year, if that's the case, or go. soon. Um, and you never know. I'm going to mid-Ohio in two weeks, and unfortunately we're just missing each other by a week. But we will be at a theatre near you, as they say. Um, <laughs> so keep in touch with us um, because I, I love following young guys' careers and seeing how they get to where they're going, but more importantly, getting a relationship going. And then, you know, the whole point in investment, that people like Verstappen have fans because he invests time and they invest time in him. We, so, yeah, we had, uh, we've had, at your age, we've had La, La, oh, Lance Stroll, we had yep. Lando Norris about your age. Yep. Who else? Oh, God, uh, many, many. Well, yeah, many others. Yeah, that. But yeah, what's your social media so pe people can uh, find you? Yeah, my uh, Instagram and Facebook is Aiden under Aiden Kenny underscore racing. Uh, those are the two main platforms I uh, give updates and posts on for sure. Okay. All right, Aiden, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. 
All right, we're going to run to break, and when we come back, we'll talk. we got some Formula One we want to talk about, and we're going to talk a little MotoGP as well. You're listening to your Sunday night with Speed City back after this. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thanks to Frank Kotwitz. He says another great interview, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. We're going to talk some Formula One. It did when we heard uh, Gene Haas coming back. I hadn't heard anything on that story where the Haas team got accused of basically selling to the Russians after the Ukraine war broke out. Yeah, it was yeah, a weird story, and it kind of did get buried, didn't it? It, it hasn't resurfaced, let's put it that way. I the, I read a story just this weekend about Mazepin trying to get into the UK, trying, <laughs> to, get, trying to go to Silverstone, they haven't let him in, um, which I thought was interesting. But um, I thought it was hilarious. So. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but... Yeah, you've when, got no... You've got when, no. When, you're, when your oligarch's money got you where you were, I, yeah, I, have, yeah. I just have no sympathy. I'm sorry. I, I, I know he's a young kid. That's, that's, and that's kind of, part My sympathy I, is with the fact that he's not done... He's not his father. He is his father's son, but it's not... His doing. Yeah, so. I, it's it's true. That is very true. He's the son of an oligarch. Yeah. And, you know, and we got on well with him. We liked him. I do want to, you know, I want to follow up with that story, but... Um, yeah, well, the, the Haas story? See, yeah, I just yeah, want to see we what happens with Hey, that. by the way, anybody listening, if you've got uh, an update on that, just explain it. It basically said that Haas continued to do business, not necessarily with the Massapins, um, but with... Well, it was through distributors that were selling into oh, Russia. Haas Automation. And yeah. think about what the Haas teams can, I mean, Haas equipment can do yeah. 
for an army. You know, that's of some course, sophisticated yeah. gear. Machining and, gear, of course. So, and precision gear. Yeah. That? So, I mean, to me, it just sounded like, could you be that foolish? And especially for... They they only they talked about it was a very small amount of money, like, and it was a complete denial by the team. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but let's see, Jonathan, you had an interesting. Uh, oh, I'm looking. At, oh, hang on a minute. I'm looking at Aiden uh, Kenny's setup. Look at this. His rig. Yeah, man. Look at that. Oh, yeah. That's a 49 inch curved monitor. It's probably 4K or better or whatever. Dude, I'd never sleep. Yeah, and you know, if you're going to buy a monitor, they say for gaming, the the refresh rate is one of the big things. I know this because yes. my son's a gamer. Yes, uh, I've got a good refresh rate. Um, <laughs> you're trying to figure out where why to go would with you that. Do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why, why would I? Casey? You're absolutely right. Uh, why would you do that? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? I was just running down my notes. Impressive for Peugeot, right? Yeah, they spent a lot of money getting where they got, and ended up, you know, having some problems and not finishing great, but. Um, you know, it's good for their investment. You know, that's a Stellantis or however you say it, you know, the, the group, the big conglomerate now. But I thought that was a good impression. Peugeot's record. history of uh, Le Mans, huge. As oh, well. yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, You're going to go to Formula One. I am going to go to Formula One. And you had at least one story. Oh, you want to talk about the Ricardo and Arnett alternative programming on ESPN. Yeah, it just been announced uh, that uh, Will Arnett, the actor, uh, and... Daniel Ricardo, the other actor, <laughs> the overactor, <laughs> the acting, the acting silly guy. Uh, but no, we saw, we saw. I, I gave, I gave him a high five. Did that, I did uh, Daniel? Um, you did live at, on at the Miami, air at Miami, yeah. Miami, yeah. Miami, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, good guy. And of course, he's having a year off uh, from Formula One. He's still connected to the Red Bull team, um, and in fact, he's sort of playing the role of ambassador. Anyway, they're doing their own show uh, on ESPN, um, and I think it's going to be interesting because the the style is one that we like, which is um, it's the, the Eli, Manning Eli Manning and uh, um, his brother doing doing play by play in a sort of irreverent and fun way. Uh, and, and awkward uh, quite a bit as can well. Can be, can be, can be. Um, uh, to be honest, tough, tough, tough class to follow in that it's such a good uh, show. The uh, Yeah, the Manning Brothers. The Manning Brothers show yeah. is so good. Interestingly enough, same production company. So oh. that bodes well. There you go. There you go. ESPN, <laughs> Disney, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and, and you ABC. Know, it's a uh, interesting concept. I don't know. I don't. You know, I'm thinking. You know what this is? To, uh, it's the Drive to Survive fans. Yes. You know, I went and I did a doctor's. I went to a doctor's appointment. Had to get a little test done. Is there a joke here? No. You know, but but the uh, the nurse uh, was talking about she'd been to Barcelona and she was just at Barcelona. I said, "Oh, were you there for the race?" And she goes, "No, the race uh, was in Monaco." When I was there, the timing was off. And I was like, so she clearly knew what I was talking about. I didn't say F1 race. I just said, we there for the race. And I said, oh, you're an F1 fan. She goes, yeah, I, ever since Drive to Survive. And then I asked the $64,000 question. I said, well, do you watch a lot of races? And she goes, no, I haven't really. I've kind of watched a little bit. You know, something about like a friend of hers is a big fan. I've seen a, a parts of races. In other words, she watches Drive to Survive. Not much else. But doesn't watch the races. I, I'm fine and with that. I know. I'm just, it was just an anecdotal little piece of evidence. And going but, back to that, I, I – But I, I think those I, are the people that will watch this yeah, show. Yeah, and I wish them well because, you know, to have two mainstream people, one from Formula One and one from the world of acting and broadcasting, great. And, sure. um, yeah, let's see what happens. They're going to do three 
uh, to start with. They're going to do Canada, so that, that'll be interesting. But you don't want to choose. Listen to it after, after our show. That's right. Well, you know, that, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's just another way that they're trying to take advantage of the popularity and the growth of the sport. So yep. why not? Yep. Check the other story I put in was uh, Verstappen. What I was alluding to when we were talking to Aiden? Yes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah, tell them what you. Well, uh, this kind of goes back to uh, the start of the season when I started listening. When F1 Pro started giving us every onboard, um, I start started watching purely Alonso because I knew that I would get insight regardless of where he was, uh, like no other. And I was right uh, <laughs> because he chats away with his engineer, and it's amazing the composure he has at speed. And Verstappen in his article on GrandPrix.com described it as a special extra capacity. And what he's saying is, you know, even in the heat of battle, he is able to go, hey, I just noticed this or have so-and-so taken their pit stop yet or whatever it might be. And the example that Verstappen used was he heard a phone ringing <laughs> when he was on the radio. And he goes, is that Helmut Marco's phone? His ring. His ringtone. His ringtone, yeah. He, he apparently knew. Yeah, he knew it. Yeah. I, that is pretty amazing. But, that, but that he is... finished off by saying that only he and uh, Alonso. Alonso had this ability. Um, Hamilton did not, which hmm. I would have thought will upset Hamilton. But that's the game. <laughs> Speaking of uh, team radio, I was talking to my son. He, he's on the... Inception race team for McLaren in uh, IMSA. And I was talking to him about Team Radio. In fact, I was telling him this same story. And I said, how much of y'all's Team Radio is uh, real or not real? And he kind of just smiled really big. And I was like, okay. So he didn't. Ever, he would never commit. But I got the feeling it was about half was was bait for what the other we teams. Get. Yeah. Oh, uh, listen. It, it, ever since it became stock, it's been an espionage tool for each and every racing yeah. driver to give out false information. And I think that's why we hear Hamilton complaining about tires so often is that that's almost code. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm never going to make it here. Oh, <laughs> I can't hold a Scottish. She's blowing up. I've got no dilithium crystals. We're all going to die. But no, that's not quite. That's a perfect Lewis Thank Hamilton. You. Thank you. Uh, With yes. Jackie Stewart <laughs> Jackie and Scotty thrown in there. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, the other big F1 story that of uh, the last seven days or so um, was the, the Alfa Romeo talking about James Key taking over as technical director. Yeah. Because, you know, Sauber, Audi, they're looking to the future, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. And yeah, that is a big uh, move. Uh, and there was another story I put in about McLaren being uh, one of their staff or sorry, uh, one of Red Bull staff going to McLaren. Uh, Marshall, I think his name is. And yeah. um they were saying, ah, does that mean that Red Bull are going to provide engines, yeah. Ford engines, to McLaren? But I, I, I'll keep saying this. I want to know what McLaren, if they have a plan, because right now they're getting lost in a game of musical chairs without a really good partner except for Mercedes as a customer. And uh -huh. that's fine. But. Yeah. But what's going to happen? You know, that that. You know, you've got now you've got uh, Ford coming back in, and you've got Andretti Cadillac coming in, and they've talked about they're partnering with Renault. If I, you know, I'm saying it as as if it's done, a done deal. Mm -hmm. And well, I think we touched this last week, but just if you haven't heard the latest, the deadline has passed. Formula One has closed, and FIA have closed entries, and Andretti was certainly one of those. 
and there was a couple others, maybe a Chinese billionaire or two, and some other teams, the the equal team, the 50-50 male-female team. But Andretti... That, that's assuming that they're going to be a new team. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Dude, there's going to be... There's going to be multiple new teams. I'll, I'll do prediction. what my dog does. Oh? Uh, oh? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we just got a, a couple minutes left, Jonathan. MotoGP, man. We snuck out of yes. time there. Yes. Uh, ba- bagging him. Bagging him, Banyaya. Yeah. He's bagging him. Yeah, I wrote down a note about I mean, his. it was stunning what he did today, really, because yeah. he, top of the times Friday, qualified on pole, won the sprint race, set the fastest lap, led every lap, and won the race. Not a bad day for, not a bad weekend for well, Pecco Bagnaia. Well, and having been to that race in Mugello uh, and the fandom that follows that, to, to see, in fact, it was bigger than that. Ducati got a one, two, three, four, five in the yeah. sprint race and a one, two, three, four in, <laughs> in the main race today. And yes, you're right, Bagnaia won both of them. Um, and a bad weekend. Pretty darn impressive. And a bad weekend for the Marquez brothers. I know. Uh, you just want Mark to kind of, I don't know, I, I want to say settle down, but no, that that's his... You know, that's kind of his DNA is he is who he is because he's able to do crazy stuff. Um, and again, it doesn't always pay off. And again, it didn't pay off today. And, and I remember the commentator saying at the beginning of the race, is this the day that Marquez gets his first win of 23? And no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because both he and his brother crashed out. And, you know, did you see Marquez after he crashed out? He's holding up his hands like basically what he was saying because he said it after the race is this bike is sucks. And it's, you know, supposedly built for him, but it's not working. Well, Alex Rins on the LCR also got injured. Yep. Um, and therefore missed. He ha- That was in the sprint or that was in practice. And, and unfortunately, he's in hospital. But, uh, yeah, there's a struggle at Honda. There's no question. I mean, it's ironic that there's a struggle at Honda and at Yamaha. And now Ducati are absolutely reaping it. Yep. All right, well, we are out of time. Sorry, two-wheel fans. We could have got into that a little more, but I don't want to talk about what's coming up. We got this week, Wheel to Wheel, Chris Metal and I. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out where to listen to that. I'm going to talk about the Saudi Arabian Live Golf thing and how that might relate to Formula One. It does relate. Because, because I've been thinking a lot about that, because that was a bombshell. And, of course, next weekend, Canadian Grand Prix for Formula One. We're going to do the hey. Saturday post-qualifying and pre and post for the race. And uh, we'll do all that on Sunday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Happy trails. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.